Welcome to The Window, a podcast about dining in the South and beyond. I'm Robert Moss, the author of Barbecue, the History of an American Institution. I'm Hannah Raskin, food editor at The Post and Courier. Today is the uh, It's Gotta Be Said edition of The Window, because uh, Hannah and I talking before had I can't believe we have to say this again but it's it's got to be said you know this is going to be a very Charleston focused uh episode at least it'll start off that way as we were recording this about a week ago uh a week and a half ago from when we were recording this uh we had our own uh incident here in Charleston uh a gentleman named, by the name of Mike Ray who owns uh Normandy Bakery as well as uh One Broad Street I believe is the name of the it's an event space and restaurant one broad. One broad. Sorry. One broad. We've been contacted multiple times by the owner of the building who wants to make sure we're clear <laughs> that the address is not the same as it's, the restaurant. The restaurant yes. is different. Yep. Uh, it, and it was a Friday night, uh, private event space at One Broad. Uh, a, and I'll let you talk more about it because you know the details, but a gathering going on. And uh, my, uh, Mr. Ray decided it, was a, it would be an appropriate thing to do to go into this gathering and uh, drop his pants around his ankles. In, in a gathering, uh, and it wasn't just like a regular crowd. It was uh, no, an unusual to, event. Well, I don't know that it was unusual. I, I mean, well, I, for, I would <laughs> hope there are many uh, women who have businesses worth celebrating. But was was, it was a particularly uh, strange situation to to, to make to, this decision. To, to this. Well, again, he had rented the space to four women-owned businesses, uh, designers and dealers of art and you know housewares, things like this. Among them, um, for listeners throughout the South, Alabama Channon, who's known for. Uh, her her work in textiles. Mm-hmm. So this was going to be a cocktail reception to honor these women uh, and to celebrate their clients. So this is very much a business event. Yes. We've all been to one of these where, you know, it's a client. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, this isn't a blowout party. This is a very no, professional event. Very mm-hmm. quiet. So yeah. they served tea and they had pastries and they had, you know, sparkling wine and a single artisan cocktail. And, you know, I had asked what kind of music was playing and I don't know that there was any playing at all. I mean, this was Clearly, an event. Um, or if so, it was in the background in light. The background. You know, not meant to be listened to. The uh, Mike Ray was aware of the nature of this event because, again, he had rented the space to the organizers, so he knew what was going on. Um, and he somehow crashed the party, wedged his way into a photo booth between the camera and three women who were posing to commemorate the event. And he, as you said, he took off his pants. Yep. <laughs> And I read this and I was like, what <laughs> on earth? Right. So. And what year are, are we in? Right. You know? Right. So as I understand it, when I spoke to Mike the next day, and now I understand it for many, many more people in the community, but had I, I had not been aware of this. This was, as he told me, his, quote, repertoire. He does this all the time. Um, and I guess in the past, people had thought it was pretty funny. Um, in this case, nobody thought it was funny. Uh, people had, as they described it, a violent reaction. Um, people were saying, you know, call the manager, call the manager, at which point they had to be told, well, that is yeah. the manager. And, and they called the police. And they called the police. At, at so, so this wasn't just some reported incident that someone talked about later. This That's absolutely right. Police. So I just want to be very clear in this. You mentioned earlier Batali and Freeman and some of these other, some of these other events that we've heard yeah. about in the context of the Me Too movement. To be quite clear – this is not an 
unsubstantiated allegation. This occurred in a photo booth. Now, I don't know if any pictures were actually taken, but there are, you know, dozens and dozens of witnesses to this event. This is not a he said, she said situation. And and for the record, Ray was charged with uh, exposure and turned himself in to the He turned himself in on Wednesday. So he was, he left the scene, um, as the cop said, that often happens. He left the scene before they got there, but they launched an investigation and he turned himself in on Wednesday and was charged with a sex crime, which... Again, this is also a differential. So we can talk about in these other situations, well, I don't know if there was consent or I don't know if this is really criminal. You know, if you if you touch a woman in a certain way, what were the implications? This is a crime. He has been charged with the crime of indecent exposure. So there's no question about how this was interpreted. This was a criminal act. Finally, there's also a lot of discussion regarding some of, you know, the Besh incidents about, well, you know, I don't know how much of that really impede women's professional success. This was a women's business event at which their clients were offended. So it's pretty cut and dry. Or so seems that way. Yeah. It, it, it seems like about as cut and dry of a case that you could have. Right. I mean, I, I suppose, it, you know, there is a criminal trial that will happen and all that. So I suppose it's still alleged and, and all that from a journalistic perspective. But right. there's, but, I've not heard anybody putting forth any uh Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, including Mike himself, yeah, right? There is no it. contention that this yeah. didn't occur. I mean, he, he you know, he picked it. He, he didn't immediately answer my call the next day, but he texted back immediately. And we talked within minutes. Um, and and he, he owned this from the start. Um, and when I asked him at that time, are you going to turn yourself in? He said, why? I mean, there was just it was no sense the more literally the morning they after didn't really that anything had gone wrong. He had by that point, he told me, apologized, by which he meant he had called the husband and boyfriend of the organizers, yeah, not the organizers them, themselves. No, nope. nope. th- right. That's just stunning right there. I think <laughs> if if anyone hasn't been following the, the coverage of this from like day to day, the first two days of this were just surreal, surreal. It's like there right. was zero zero sense that he had any understanding right. of the seriousness of, of what right. had happened. It was just really yeah, that's amazing what, uh, to, right, to read yeah, some of the quotes. I, I think it was quoted in your piece. I think it was the first interview you did with him where he said, I, I was misreading the room. Yeah, well, I, I, I like, can't remember if that was a direct quote or, or not. Um, but I, so far as I know, I'm the only person who's interviewed him since, or at least for I had an on-the-record interview with him. And he did say, I do remember this, quote, I'm the life of the party. I mean, that is he feels like what is expected from him. And in many circles, as I've learned, that is what is expected from him. That has long been what he does when he shows up. And it's been well received. I mean, the story that came out in the wake of this, which was familiar to people in F&B, but I hadn't heard it before because I would have told it, was two years ago when he got angry that um, a restaurant switched bakers after having been a client for a very long time. He had two bags of penis-shaped baguettes sent to that restaurant. And to me, again, this is just quintessential harassment because somebody had to shape those baguettes. Someone had to drive those baguettes. And he didn't know who was going to open that bag of baguettes. But if you anonymously send someone working in a restaurant kitchen a bag of penis-shaped baguettes, I mean, that is – it couldn't be clearer that this is sexual harassment. Yeah, that's – so he had done this a couple of years ago. And so people who were aware of this and of his, you know, MO generally said enough is enough. Um, and when I say people, I mean about like three people. Um, as you said, uh, Lindsay Collins at f radio was very outspoken. Cynthia Wong, the pastry chef, was very outspoken. 
Um, and Short Grain Food Truck was the only um, operating restaurant that said, and even there, sort of a pop-up, that said we will no longer buy from him. Not only did they have no support in that, they were berated online, yeah. berated for not supporting a fellow member of the food and beverage community. Yeah, that was just – well, I was about to say the surprising. There's so many surprising things. Um, it, it doesn't surprise me totally that there's one person out there who doesn't get it and can't, is, is so blind to like the fact that this is 2018 and this isn't – it's one thing that if – It wasn't like, great in 2017 no, or 2016 no, but, either, I mean but, but if, if the yeah. events of the last year haven't planted right. a seed in your, of, in your right. mind, it may be – Taking your pants off in a room full of women isn't a, a good a good idea. Right. All right. Maybe there's somebody out there who is missing that judgment, or, or just as a you know has something really wrong with them. Right. But what if? But, but that it's the reaction that really surprises me: the closing ranks and the. Uh, That's the part that to know. me is stunning. I am so disheartened by all of this. Um, you know, I, I I like to keep things positive, but this is just so discouraging that people in the community don't feel comfortable calling out someone who's been charged with a sex crime. This isn't like a guy that people say is like, oh, he says some lewd things, or yeah. like that guy looks at the hostess a certain way. This is somebody who the police have charged with indecent exposure and people still throughout the community don't feel comfortable distancing themselves from him. Yeah, that's a, a an odd one. And and it Lindsay uh Lindsay Collins had a really, I thought really touching but in, in interesting uh podcast that she just released where she addressed this. And I didn't realize until I heard the podcast how because I've I've been sort of off the social media landscape by and large these days. Um, how much crap she got for just coming out and and basically saying not only is it this is a bad thing but you shouldn't support a business whose owner does this and and um, I thought she had a really good response to all that apparently shitstorm or criticism that she that came her way which is that it totally matters um, you know what you what, voting with your, and, your and, money and, and the, the, what they keep saying what the friends or the the colleagues keep saying is well you can't boycott the restaurant because it's not just the owner who suffers it's the employees who suffer and I have to say there are two things I think are very important to point out one Different from Besh or Batali, who are like the the biggest known names in the country, I get it. If you're a chef in one of their restaurants, you have worked your way up to such a point that you have claimed an income and celebrity that would be hard to replicate somewhere else. I don't think it's the same if you wash dishes at Normandy Farm Bakery. I really don't. Because that leads into the second point, which is at least or if not more important, we're in a huge short staffing situation. Yeah. Anybody could find a job somewhere else. If I felt like these folks couldn't work somewhere else, I, of course, would be rooting for them to keep getting a paycheck. But the fact that they can work anywhere in town, I think better that that business does go under. There are a lot of women who could probably be working in more supportive workplaces. Yeah, it got me thinking a, a lot. One of the interesting things – I keep saying that. One of the things – many things that struck me um, is sort of a pattern is that in the immediate response, wake of, of the news coming out, um, it was announced, I'm not sure if Ray announced it or somebody else did, but that he was st- stepping down from day-to-day operations. Well, let's at, be very clear as Farm. to who announced it. Angel yeah. Postel announced it. She appointed herself as sort of his publicist because he didn't have anyone handling media inquiries. Um, and so again, Angel has, I think, she, has she been on the show? In, in with, oh, yeah. She was a founder of BevCon and prior to that, founder of Charleston Wine and Food. Anyhow, so she did make the announcement that he was stepping away from the business yeah. and seeking counseling. 
Well, and, and I'm more or less uh, about the messenger than than that the message, which is the stepping away from operations. It's the same thing that occurred in a lot of these other. Events oh, it's oh, they have where, to say it. No, yeah, they, yeah, but, they but it's not it. like you know, it's it's it's. But you still own the place, right? And the profits uh, oh, and the money. It's, it's right. At the end of the day, the money, the money is still right. going. It's still money. Still if you goes buy there. bread at that restaurant, you yeah. are like profits are going to him. And you're paying for right. his vacation. I mean, yeah. that's all it is. He's on leave. You know, he's making money. Yeah, I was gonna say that's it's, it's different to step away from the daily operations than it is to you know. I and guess. obviously, if you yeah. own something, you can't immediately you know sell it the next no, day. No, but you could announce I'm divesting but, from but the company. Yeah, you yeah. are. You know, some some other some other way of doing it. For um, sure. it but it got me thinking a lot about and, and Lindsay talked about this a bit on the podcast about if being in a, a toxic situ- situation of, of different types or different ways so I mean, you know, in this case you know sexual harassment or sexual uh, misconduct is one form of it but it could just be abusive conduct it could just be a, a dis- lying or deceitful environment or just one where you know it's just a very unpleasant place to be it's hard when you're in those situations to to you know to get out of them you know if that's where your paycheck comes from and you're working for a, a, you know a, a company that there's so no, many no 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 but this is this is the problem this is how the restaurant community has made it so much harder they have announced yeah. that we will not condemn a sex criminal and so instead of what they could have said was my God, this is so wrong. We are no longer giving our business to, to, to Normandy Farm. And more than that, if you want a safe job, come work for us. Yeah. That's how you support these people. Of course, it is so hard. Nobody is going to make an allegation. Who now, knowing that the restaurant community will not condemn a sex criminal, who is going to say that they're uncomfortable when their boss is like touching their shoulders after work? Who is going to say that they feel like their boss doesn't look at them the right way or or phrase some you know comments about their, her dress the right way? No one's going to feel comfortable saying that. This is terrible. In that situation where you're working for somebody, not 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 talking about like after like this event happens. I'm talking about a year ago, two years ago, when there are things that are going on in the environment and, and you know, you're saying this is not a great place to work or I'm working for, for somebody in a leadership position who, you know, is, is not a good person, someone I don't trust, someone who makes a, a toxic environment. It's hard to say I need to, I, I just, I'm just going to up and leave because that's your paycheck and, and you know, No, but that's what I'm saying. Out. This was an opportunity for this to be made so much easier and instead they made it harder. But no, that's true. So that's there's two saying. there's two pieces of it. One is the reaction to uh, a, a, about as cut and dried event as you can get, which is, okay, well, don't say, well, we'll just hush it up and, and close ranks and, and pretend like it didn't happen. So that absolutely the wrong way to do it. But I'm talking about even back before that, if you're seeing a pattern of behavior with people, it – it's time to to leave and and go somewhere else and find a yeah, place. Yeah, but I don't I don't think we can just say what's the responsibility of the employee. I think they have the least responsibility. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking have... a little less about the, the employee, like the like said the line cooks or the the, the dishwashers. That's mm-hmm. I'm talking more about the people in leadership positions who are partners or work alongside a, a toxic person in an organization. You know, who's who's a more senior person who who who's leaving would make an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in multiple situations where. It, it's hard, but I've never. When I ended up leaving a, a place like that, I never regretted it later. Um, and it, it, things are always much better when 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 you left, and it made a difference um, leaving. So that's that's sort of the other encouragement I, I, I would like to I hope we see, which is that it's not just I'm not talking about like just the people who are you know out getting paid hourly to work somewhere. I'm talking about people who are partners who are working, you know, chefs working for owners, partners of owners, just not putting up with that kind of stuff and saying it's you know it's. 
is now putting the whole business at threat. Um, I, I don't know how applicable that is in these situations because most of these restaurants are fairly small. They don't have major leadership networks. You know, we're talking about there are exceptions. We have restaurant groups, but for the most, most part, you know, we're talking about maybe you know a partner, maybe you know. Well, and customers who know things, and you know, it, it's a small community. Mm-hmm. Uh, people know about you know, the the behavior, and uh, it's not like you're, you know. It's not like it's only the people who work within a, a particular restaurant that knows what happens in that restaurant, if that makes sense. I, I guess so. I, I mean, my sense is that a lot of customers were not aware of this sort of behavior. I, I don't think they were. No, not customers. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about uh, people who – suppliers, people who, who, who work with, mm-hmm. the, with the organization, that, that type of thing. Sense. Yeah. No, that's – I mean, that's what I would, I'm saying. We, and we had this discussion a long while back when we were mm-hmm. talking about sort of like should you – you know, how do you review a restaurant where – the chef has been, you know, accused of something. Uh, I think it's the same thing. No, I don't expect restaurant critics to be, um, you know, investigative journalists and, and do a background check of everybody they uh, they write about. Nor do I expect uh, customers of a restaurant to really do more anything more than just, you know, maybe check out the the food online. So no, the customers certainly would not wouldn't expect anybody to, to know that. I'm talking about more people who are. You know, insiders right. and well, that's, in the business. So then, then I think we're saying the exact same thing. I think you're we're going saying, to two different directions, but saying the same thing. So what you're saying is that people who have knowledge should act appropriately upon it, which yes. is exactly what I'm saying. And that's why I'm saying did not occur in this case. Yeah. I, I think that's <laughs> that is absolutely right. <laughs> All right. It took me a while to get what you were getting <laughs> well, at. Well, I was but, going from two different angles, which is one of it is what happens after you have a big event. And the other is what, what happens before something becomes public, but you're – you start to learn about no, no, but that's what I was saying people. is that this was known. Like this yeah. goes back to, I mean, the fact that two years ago everyone was familiar with this like penis shaped baguette story. That's what I'm saying is that, and that's the idea is that if you're associated with this and you're aware of it, you should take action against it. Yet I don't think that's going to happen if there is so much fear. Even in this case, I don't think we're going to see this in other toxic environments. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I, I, I think yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. On that. It seems like after a year of Me Too, like as we're taking stock of of that movement and what it has and hasn't accomplished, it feels like when this got started and just like to get everybody back up to speed to remember, like the Me Too movement got started because of Harvey Weinstein, right? And the, the entire thing about it, what felt different about it is that it seemed like for the first time, there were consequences, meaningful consequences. He was kicked out of a company. Right. This became this huge thing. And then there was this t- period of time, weeks, uh, months, where prominent men were being accused. And for once, there were consequences. Right. Yeah. Roger yeah. Ailes and now, got booted out of Fox News. Um, yeah. yeah the, Matt Lauer, Matt Charlie Lauer, Rose. People lost their jobs. I mean, my, right. And it's not just, yep. not just in media. I just happen to yep. be really familiar with the media stories. But – now it feels like we're in this time where this is – the reaction to this story is what would have happened before that. That's exactly right. And now it's like he's suffered enough. He's already been right. arrested. So that's a consequence. Right. And it, it reminds yeah. me of this yep. this big scandal that's also been going on in Google. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. Summarize that one really quickly. Uh, basically, it was revealed recently that a prominent executive at Google um, who worked on Android – was let go of the company, um, he basically was allowed to retire and collect $90 million. And it turned out that the reason why he was leaving was because he had been accused by a colleague of sexual harassment. And instead of firing him, Google let him walk out and save face and walk away with $90 million. And that 
so upset the workforce at Google that they actually staged not something I've never seen before, which was a nationwide walkout. But it, like, it's what's so frustrating about it is that if if behavior is going to change, like it's one thing to talk a good game about fixing these problems. If the problems are actually going to get fixed, the response has to be different. Absolutely, and that's why that's why. It feels like the MeToo movement started out so hopeful because it seemed like for the first time there was right. there were consequences. And then to see these things crop up where no, it's just the same old. Yep. Right. I mean it like it makes you wonder like well, how much progress really has been made? Right. Apparently none. Right. And mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I don't know where to go with it from there. I mean, it was really interesting, too. So I this is in the paper today. So I pulled 50 leading Charleston restaurants to say, where are you getting your bread to see if anybody was going to say that they were no longer buying from Normandy? And there were a few. And I'll tell you, can you guess who was the first to tell me that they were no longer buying from Normandy? Hmm. The hint is it's not what you think. OK. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot guess then. Uh, yeah, I cannot guess either. Halls. Oh, really? Yep. Oh. Yeah. That is. So, I mean, if you think through and then you think maybe that they're more business savvy than some of the mm-hmm. other and places in town. and maybe, They're sort of large and, and I'd probably have and or have, don't feel threatened right, by uh, – probably there's There are probably reasons for it. But yeah. I did think that was interesting. So that Hulls, was, That's not who I, I would no, get. And nothing gets all. It's just – just, just, Right? As I'm clicking through <laughs> right. the, the list. But so then, I think it's really interesting as we think – I mean, I, I, I do not have enough information to say that the Halls are an ally. But I right. do think it's really interesting that – that was a restaurant group that felt comfortable taking a stand, whereas restaurant groups like Neighborhood Dining Group of McCready's, um, Husca Monero, said, you know, we're more interested. And I, I don't have the exact quote, but David Howard essentially said to me, um, we have to look out for the betterment of the employees of Normandy. We've been, you know, supported them for a long time. There you have it. If somebody raised right, their prices like, how, a buck a loaf, you might go somewhere else. You know, it's uh, there's oh, absolutely. <laughs> there's and there's lots is, of reasons why you could choose to switch to me, a supplier. You know, absolutely. And to me, this is where it comes back to responsibility. Is I feel in an ideal world, it's a restaurant group's responsibility to educate the consumer. Like, okay, we're going to charge you a dollar more for bread service, but it's coming from an ethical baker who doesn't pull his pants down everywhere he goes. You know, I understand they're concerned about replacing a you know a bakery that can do their kind of volume. I think there are solutions. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, I, I'm not sure if that – like, does that actually make sense, though? Are you actually supporting the employees yeah, of Normandy see, Farm if you are propping up a, the toxic a environment toxic that they environment. work in? That's exactly what I think. That's why I think you're doing these employees a favor to decimate their workplace. And I don't <laughs> like – you know, I, I'm sure there's some warfare analogy for this. I don't know enough about military strategy. But it's like it's, it's, we're saving them by taking down their village. You know, it's like well, they're in the wrong place. Yeah, but – part of it is not so much about like an event that has already occurred and now we're doing it in retribution. It's almost about down the road. It's like, you know, talking about Weinstein is the fact that now there actually are consequences. If people see there are consequences, now there's a big deterrent to doing things in the future. But if there are no consequences, if you just back away from the operations for a little while and then keep right on plugging along, then what's the deterrent to anybody else out there? 
you know, who's yeah, there's a deterrent part, but I think there's also the part as as Emery was saying there. This is an ongoing toxic workplace. It has been for years. It is now. It probably will still be. I mean, just because one person steps away from a toxic workplace doesn't detoxify it immediately. I mean, if it's been built on principles that are really questionable, those remain, you know, without the person. So I, I, I just don't buy into that, that you support the business. You're supporting the employees by supporting the business. Now, that that's a hard one for me to swallow because, you know, it's in that case, then why would you I mean, why would you ever stop doing anything? With like the, the suppliers you already have, what would make you quit? Because right, well, that's you know. that, that's my whole point. Is like if this if this incident doesn't make people feel like they can come out and publicly say this is wrong, right. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what it's going. I to mean, th- if the answer was, look, we it, we it, we have a relationship worked out. It's a big supplier, and we can't just stop ordering tomorrow, or we have no bread in the restaurant. I can understand that and say we're evaluating options. Uh, that that makes more sense to me than just well we wouldn't want to make any changes. Well, and to be fair, he did say that he's like they were they are going to research different options, but it didn't sound like there was any great haste to that. I mean, you know, the other restaurant group to give them credit who said that they were no they immediately severed ties following report of the incident was Indigo Road, which was using Normandy exclusively for the brioche and its bread pudding at Macintosh. I also very much appreciate their specificity <laughs> as well as the promotional plug for the bread pudding. Uh, it's no longer uh, being made with with Normandy brioche. But that's it really. Yeah. Yep. So uh, and I believe that was it of the many others who did respond to me, and there were many which did not. Um, they had primarily been buying, um, already already buying from Bounce Court or had decided, yeah, to yeah, stick with Normandy. So, I mean, I, I guess to, to kind of wrap the, the discussion up, I mean, well, let's what, say- what can be done? Like, should should consumers, like be educating themselves and like, I mean. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, that was sort of my idea of asking these 50 restaurants how I closed the story before the list of, you know, every bakery plan for these 50 restaurants is, look, I ask these questions and you can too. And I think you should. I mean, what was most concerning to me, well, it's all concerning to me, but was concerning to me uh, in this instance of putting together this report was I asked each of the 50 restaurants, have your customers asked about your source of bread? And not one of them said yes. That means it's a, nobody asked. 50 restaurants. It's been a week. So they have seen amongst them thousands and thousands and thousands of people who had bread placed before them. And not one person thought to say, where do you get your bread? Because there's, you know, there's a bakery right now that I don't want to be eating bread from. Not one person. And I can assure you, if we were in San Francisco (laughs) or New York, the question would have come up. And so that's the thing consumers can do is to educate themselves, to take an interest and to ask because the community doesn't get isn't going to move forward, nor does it need to move forward if the consumers don't care. So that's what I hope most is consumers start caring. And 
that is all for this edition of The Winnow. We recorded today's episode in the podcasting studios at the Post and Courier Building in downtown Charleston, South Carolina. If you enjoy listening to The Winnow, help other listeners find us too. Just go to iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you access your podcasts and like us or leave a rating. The Winnow is a production of the Post and Courier and Palmetto New Media. Our producer today was Jay Marie Parker. Our theme music is by the Bluestone Ramblers. Until next time, I'm Robert Moss. And I'm Hannah Raskin. Now get out there and eat. Thank you.